Hello and welcome to the DC United Kingdom podcast. This is episode four of season two. I am your host, James Graham. Alongside me, I've got two guests who are going to be here throughout the episode, um, alongside a couple of interviews, which I hope you will enjoy. One of them is uh, DC United's footballer, um, or should I say soccer player, and the other one is an interview with Inter Miami UK, um, and we'll be speaking to him very soon. Um, but up on today's show, we have Sarah Kalassi, who is making her eighth appearance, isn't it? How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me on the show again. Pleasure to be back. Ah, it's always awesome to have you on. And the second person on today's show is Ken, who hopefully has started recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, making, he's making his sixth appearance on uh, on the show. So, hello, Ken. How are you? No, I'm good. doing good. I'm, I'm excited to be back. And you definitely hit record, yeah? Uh, yes, this time yeah. uh, I did. <laughs> um, the reason why I've said that is this is our third take um, at doing this. So, fingers crossed, everything goes smoothly now. Um so, guys, what have you been working on? Um, I know, Sarah, you've been incredibly busy over the weekend. Just a little bit busy. So, MLS Female, we actually just went through a huge rebrand. We are now Switch the Pitch. You can find us over at switchthepitchsoccer.com. And I'm still on as editor-in-chief. Thankfully, everyone's willing to have me. And now I am also a co-owner. So it's been quite exciting. As we all know, MLS is back. I've edited, oh my goodness, up in the teens worth of articles. So go check out that fresh content. Nice. Very, very nice. And I have seen a lot of your Switch the Pitch and obviously all the uh, all the females getting involved on in that. And it's been looking really good. I really do like the new logo as well. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Ken. What have you been working on? Because I've seen you've done a couple of uh, podcasts recently. Yeah, totally. Um, I recently did one. Uh, the most recently uh, was yesterday. And um, I'm pretty much going to try to get that on a regular cadence. Um, so you can check that out on my Twitter page at DCU underscore soccer. Um, also been writing like some small like previews on some things, kind of trying to get back in the swing of things with the season starting again. But but yeah, check check that out. Yeah, I've noticed you've done quite a few sort of video clips um, to share on social, which look absolutely awesome as well. Yeah, we've been working on those. Yeah. Um, I want to start off the show um, by doing something new. Um, this is kind of a little um, inspiration from the MLS UK show, um, who are the show sponsors. Um, I'm going to quickly talk about that for about a minute. Um, if you've seen those guys, you'll have heard on the last episode, they were, were talking about um, being number one in Egypt, um, which is bizarre, um, because I'd never would have thought an MLS show would have been big in Egypt. Um, but yeah, they are the sponsors of the show. They do weekly episodes. They're fantastic guys, Elliot and Henry. Um, Unfortunately, Elliot is an Orlando City fan and Henry's an Atlanta fan, so you've got to forgive them for that. They've had to choose a team, you know, that's that. Um, but they are fantastic. Um, they do game shows on there. They do the game with the change in name, um, which is absolutely awesome, where you've got to guess a player who's played both in the UK and over in MLS. Um, but my game today is called Guess That Phrase. So, guess the phrase um, is for you guys, Sarah and Ken, um, where you've got to guess what a particular phrase means. So, 
I'm going to give you a phrase in a moment. I don't want to give you guys to give the answer straight away because I want you guys to have a little think about it and think what it means and come and come with it at the end of the show. Um, so, are you happy with that? Yeah. Yeah? Sounds good to me. Yeah? So, your first phrase um, for episode four of season two is, what does Hank Marvin mean? So, have a little think about that. <laughs> in, con- in context... It would be, I'm Hank Marvin. It could mean anything. Listeners, if you know what that means, tweet in. Let us know. And see if you get that right. Um, And I'm intrigued to see what people over in the States and around the world know what Hank Marvin means. Because if you do, fair play. Um, I'll also give you a little clue. It's um, Cockney rhyming slang for a particular word. So there you go. That is your one clue for Hank Marvin. So... We're going to move on to some news. Are you ready for the news, guys? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, news-wise, we've had um, one, well, we've had a few signings um, over the last week. Um, first one, 13 minutes before the kickoff against Colorado Rapids, Eric Sogger is now a full-time DCU player. How awesome is that? He was with Loudon to start off with, but we upgraded him. Um, thought, you know what, let's get him in the full team. And... Uh, He's now a full-time DCU player. Are we happy with that? Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty exciting. I mean, we, we kind of uh, did assume that he was going to be on that, that full senior team. Um, but I guess they, they wanted to wait for like CBA stuff to be over with and all that. But, you know, he's technically in, in the, the golden boot race. So um, <laughs> that's kind of kind of cool, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. I, I, I you know, uh, wish he had gotten a little bit of minutes, but, you know, yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and when we look at the review of the uh, previous game, I still remember I was on the way, actually driving to the stadium, and the email came up on my phone. And of course, you know you're not supposed to be on your phone and driving. <laughs> but yes, all I saw uh, is not meant to. Uh, all I saw is Eric Sorga, and then I I put the phone back, and <laughs> then I remembered speaking to you, James, and I said, "Did you see this?" Yes. Yeah, we had a little Instagram live, didn't we? Um, that was just insane. The fact that it was it was thirteen minutes before kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah. And absolutely mental. What an app! Obviously, he would have known beforehand that was going to happen. But to have that announced that soon before kickoff was just crazy. Um, obviously, um, we've signed Federico Higuain. That's kind of been in the rumor mill for a little bit of time now. Um, he has signed as a player coach. Um. I'm really excited about that. I think his experience in MLS um, is right up there and is going to be great for the youngsters. Um, and he should be able to have a good impact off the bench. But will that affect Eric Sorga? Um, so firstly, Ken and Sarah, are we happy with Higuain coming in? But secondly, do we think it will affect Eric Sorga in the long run in terms of game time, inevitably? I'm really looking forward to seeing him in more of that player role. I'm definitely happy to see him coming in. I thought it might have been Quincy Ameriqua actually getting signed into a player coach role, but equally as happy, you know, to see Pippa doing that as well. I definitely, I think he's going to be great as far as mentorship goes, especially for Paul, because he's recovered now from an ACL and he can definitely mentor Paul through that process, Paul Areola. 
So yeah, pretty satisfied. I don't really think he'll have much of an impact on Sorga's minutes. I think he's going to be more of that impact sub in the very, very kind of waning minutes of the game, but being more of a backup for head coach Ben Olsen. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think they, they, they play very different positions, um, and, and their skill set seems to be very, very different. We haven't seen Sorga play, but but he does seem to be more of a, a striker, and um, so that's a, a little different there. But yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty exciting. I mean, it's it, it's cool to, to have a player coach. I think in general, it's kind of not not too frequent that you see that, especially nowadays. But yeah, I think it's a good signing. Um, it's it's not someone you'll probably see starting too much, but you know, like Sarah said, uh, if we need an impact sub, that you know, I think that's a good move. And we've also signed um, that was announced today, uh, Mohamed Abu on on loan from Valarenga, uh, with an option for a permanent transfer. Um, to me, I see this as a bit of a um, just a depth signing. Um, to give cover along the back line and also in midfield. Um, do we see him making much of an impact on the first team, or do we think he, uh, he is a bit of a depth player? I I think I see him uh, playing more than I think people might, might think, because, you know, uh, during, you know, the summer, if, if, if some of our players are called for international duty, like, you know, Junior Moreno... Um, and, and stuff like that, I think he'll have to slide in there. But you also have to remember, like, I, I guess Canals is playing in, in that right back, so he's not, you know, technically <laughs> de- depth for that position, I guess, anymore. I mean, right? So I think it makes a lot of sense to bring someone else there uh, to, to be able to slot right in while not sacrificing that right back spot um, currently. He is interesting as a depth signing, but I also think in terms of experience, he's very interesting. He's been pro for now, I'd say, 10 seasons. His first signing was with Man City way back in 2010. And while he was immediately loaned, that is a pretty big deal. He's played in Bundesliga. He's been all over the place. So just his kind of breadth and depth of experience is impressive to bring to the club, especially internationally. I did not know he uh, played for Man. Well, he said play for. He signed at Man City. That's um, news on me. That was his first pro signing. He was immediately loaned over to the Norwegian league. But yeah, that was definitely his first signing. Wow. Let's have a little look at his history. Um, yeah, Man City, and then yeah, spent a lot of time abroad. Bless him. And now, uh, but now he's um. He's had quite a few seasons in in MLS now, hasn't he? Uh, from what I can see, and he should be a decent player for us, I reckon. Um, just like I said, for me, he's more of a depth signing, um, and he'll come in obviously when we've got quite a few games. Obviously, we've got the League's Cup this year, um, as well as the US Open Cup to uh, contend with. So, the more the merrier um, for me in terms of the depth, anyway. Um, and he should be decent. He's, we've had some. Pretty bad midfielders over the years, haven't we? Jeez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to say any names or anything, but um, we've we've had some uh, corkers. Do, do you know that phrase corkers. as well? Corkers. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll leave that one for another show. Um, so, what we're gonna do now before we kind of go into the pre uh, sorry not the preview the review of the uh, Colorado. Rapids game. I just want to um, just take a moment to go into an interview, and I caught up with Russell Canals earlier. 
So on today's show, we've got Russell Knaus, um, who obviously did play at the weekend. And first up, congratulations on being man of the match. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and also, you got the first goal of the season. How how was that? Yeah, it's for me. It's always nice getting on the score sheet. It doesn't happen too often. I'd like to hopefully get on the score sheet more. Um, so definitely being the first first player to score for the club this year, and and actually first player to score in MLS was pretty cool to be able to have that. Um, with that said, it got ended, you know, a little bit early after getting scored on um, and not finishing out the game the way we wanted to. So um, I was, I was pretty happy. Yeah. I was able to get on the score sheet, but the end result was what mattered to me most. And uh, it was a little bit frustrating once, uh, once 90th minute, the whistle was blown and we weren't able to get anything out of that game. So I uh, appreciate it. Uh, it was definitely definitely good for me, but would have liked to take something out of that game for sure. No, definitely. Um, obviously, we played um, with a few new players on the side um, against Colorado. Um, what did you make of the the full performance from everyone? Yeah, I, I think it's always tough beginning a season, um, you know, trying to create these relationships on the field, off the field that um, translate into the game. Uh, preseason felt short this year. Um, with that said, I think you know, guys have done a good job of um, getting to know everyone, getting to know, you know, the qualities we all have on and off the field. Um, being able to gel is always an important thing. Um, and I think there was moments where we saw that uh, in the first game, uh, especially first half. I think it kind of, um, as the game went on, it was a little bit tough. But I, I think there's something we can be, that's, that can be said and something positive there that we can build on uh, going into these next few games of the season here. No, definitely. And obviously, our next opponents are in some Miami, who are in an expansion, uh, expansion side. Um, how do you go about preparing against a team like that uh, when there's not really much known about them just yet? Yeah, I'm, we're, we're doing that this week. Um, I think, you know, they got a lot of players that we've seen in, in this league. Um, we'll also look at a lot of individual clips of uh, the players that haven't played much in this league. So we'll get to know each each uh, individual quality of the players and then basically set up a formation um, and the tactic of how, how we'll go about the game. I don't think our tactic is going to change much. We want to try to keep a you know, similar system where we played against Colorado and continue to build. Um, I think there's opportunities that present there that, you know, positive things that we can build on that we can do better as well. Um, so it's it's tough. Uh, we saw we saw Miami against LFC. They did actually a pretty good job in, in the first half and against a tough LFC at away. So it's, it's going to be a challenging matchup, but um, we're we're definitely preparing for it. Good. Um, obviously, you've been playing um, recently at the right back. Obviously, the end of last season, um, I was a big advocate for you playing at right back. Um, those few games that you did do it, you played amazingly well. Um, but Fish thank has, you. Fish has come back. Um, He's no longer injured now, so will we see you back, playing back in centre mid? Um, I'm not, I can't answer that. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I think um, you know me being at, at that right back position now. I'm just trying to pick up as much uh, knowledge from game to game. Obviously, I had a, a stretch last at the end of last season where I was able to familiarise myself with the position, and then being able to get some repetitions there this year. Um, I'm starting to feel more comfortable in my movements off the ball and and how you know tactically how to how to play that position at a high level. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm always you know that's 
I have my experience as a holding midfielder. So if the team needs me there and, and, and Ben thinks there's a time where he feels he needs me in the, in the middle, then um, I'll be up for the task there. So either way, um, my goal is to just give my best effort to the team. And whether that's at a right back, you know, position or center midfielder or, or wherever I can help impact the game for the team, I'm, I'm uh, willing to do it. So. That's awesome. Nice to have a bit of a utility player uh, being able to play in multiple positions. Um, yep. Who's been the most influential player you've played alongside? Because I know you've obviously played alongside some pretty good players and you've played in a couple of different countries as well now. Um, but who's been the most influential over you in that time? Yeah, you can obviously, Wayne is obviously one and I'm sure, you know, the thousands of players Wayne's played with they can probably say something similar to that he just brought something different um different to the game and and a certain mentality like everyone everyone was able to feed off of and um I was one of them players like I loved having a player of his caliber obviously to learn from but also to play alongside and, and be able to have um have their work rate and their ability to change a game like that um another another player that I always thought highly of um that I didn't really get to, you know, take much from. Obviously, he was a different position was, but just going against him and, and seeing the qualities of him in training was Roberto Firmino at Hoffenheim. Oh. Um, I, I always thought he was a very quality player and very tough for me to defend and, you know, put me under in training. So a lot of times where I, you know, put me in tough learning circumstances and training where I had to adjust quickly. So that's a interesting one. I don't know if it's most influential, but, um, an interesting one where I uh, definitely taught me to, you know, grow up faster, right? Being able to play at that, you know, <laughs> get punished if you don't uh, defend correctly. So, no, absolutely. So, no, I, it was, it's definitely, definitely Wayne is, has been the most influential. He's been a great teammate, and I, I really um, enjoyed having him here with us. Yeah. Um, and obviously, being a holding midfielder um, by trades, um, who's been, who was your role model growing up? Um, was it someone like Roy Keane or was there somebody else that you looked highly to? Yeah, um, I was a big Manchester United fan uh, growing up. So I, I always loved watching Paul Scholes. I know yeah. you said Roy Keane. I actually liked, I liked watching Paul Scholes. I always thought highly of him. And, um, you know, as a kid, you always look up to players like that and watch all the videos on YouTube and how you can emulate their game. And um, Scholes was always one of those guys for me. So. And you just need to get that um, shooting boot on like uh, he does as well, because that would be nice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, I could, if I could add that on, then that'd be uh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the whole crowd would be absolutely loving that as well. Um, yeah. As we're just starting out the season, um, has the team had any thoughts on where we want to be at come the end of the season? Um, I think you know everyone wants to have that goal of winning the MLS Cup. So for us, it's it's. I think even more than that, it's it's breaking it down from a game to game standpoint, like how we can succeed in each game. It's we know it's a long season. Um, every team you want to have that goal to make playoffs and then and build on it. I think I think a lot of the guys have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder that you know we we didn't do good enough in Toronto last year and then the year before. We'd like to be able to make it further in the playoffs. Obviously, the, with the overall goal of you know winning MLS Cup, that's what everyone wants to do, right? Yeah. Um, but we de we definitely want to have the goal of um, being better than you know last year and the year before because it's frustrating when you work all all season to uh, make the playoffs and then you you don't get anything out of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. 
I think I think that's important. But I think we also, as a team, we just need to realize it's a long a long season. Um, last year, obviously, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Like we need to make sure that you know we're continually trending upwards in in our play and relationships and tactically off the field as well on on the field as well. So yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, obviously, um, you've got um, one of your big friends that I've seen um, out of the side, Paul Ariola. Um, yep. What's it like not having him around? Um, or is he still coming to training and uh, keeping up with the guys? Yeah, it's it was devastating when he went down. I, I actually didn't, I didn't realize what happened in the preseason game. I didn't realize it until I came out at halftime that it was something serious. Um, it's really sad. It's disappointing. It's a big loss for the team, but um, just in Paul's personal situation, I know he he's a strong guy. Lots happened to him, and he he's going to be able to come back stronger from this. And he has a strong support group as well. So it's very it's sad for me, sad for the whole team not having there. Um, Paul's Paul's a guy that's committed though, and um, he's he'll he's finding ways obviously to still be engaged with the team. And um, even though he's not around all the time, not coming out to training yet. Um, I know he'll he'll be around and be pretty engaged in in our season, even though he's not on the field playing with us. Yeah. So, well, um, from everyone at DC United Kingdom, we wish him the best of uh, recoveries, um, and hopefully he'll be back playing fairly soon. So, um, I, thank you. I'll pass that on to him. Thank you very much. Um, is there any uh, message you want to give to the fans of the show and the club um, come for for the season ahead? Yeah, I just uh I'll just give a thank you because we, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the coverage uh over over in the United Kingdom Kingdom. Um that's great support for us and obviously to to feel that, you know, I don't know how many of the fans get get over to the game, but we you know, to all the fans listening that um are in the stadium on the weekends really thank you for making that a good atmosphere atmosphere for us to to play in week in, week out. So uh appreciate everything you guys do. No, thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate it. And that is the end of the interview. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time out again just to come onto the show. It's really, really appreciated. And I'm sure the listeners will absolutely love it as well. So for the rest of the season, good luck. Um, we will all be rooting for you. And we'll make sure we'll see some Paul Scholes S goals. Oh, all right. We'll do. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be trying for it. So have a good, uh, have a good day. Thanks. So yeah, that was um, the interview with uh, Russell Knaus. Um Thank you very much again for coming on to this show. Um, it's always awesome to get players coming on and taking the time out to uh, come and speak to us, um, especially when we're over here in the UK. Um, guys, we've got to talk about the defeat last week. Um, which do we have to? We, we kind of do. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, it... It was a bit strange to me because obviously it's the first game of the season. Um, there's going to be tired legs towards the end. And the big thing I took away was the fact that Ben Olsen only made one substitute in the entire game. He had two more and we've gone to uh, Pablo Mara. Um, the reason why he didn't use the other two subs was the fact that he didn't have tall enough players. Um yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Was that a little sigh there, Sarah? 
Just a bit. I was there and um, Ken was there. I don't necessarily think height is a great qualifier for not using a sub because I think those fresh legs are much more important than height. And we definitely had some younger players sitting in our 18 that could get pretty aerial if necessary. I guess my other... My bit of criticism here would be it was our home opener and I would be less concerned, you know, about defending set pieces than about going on the attack and trying to score goals. So that's that's just me. I I felt that there were quite a few positives to take away from the match, but the theme for Saturday for me was definitely missed connections and please make a substitution yeah i mean i i guess if 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 like the height was was an issue i mean you don't have to take off the tall players <laughs> all two of them right <laughs> so i mean to me that doesn't really i mean and maybe there's more to it than than just that and and i'm not understanding but i mean you also can take off one of the shorter players on the field if that's really what you want to do like <laughs> I don't know. Like it's not. It's not like all the all the guys on the bench were shorter than all the guys on the field. That's not true. So like I don't. I don't know. Right. Like it definitely felt like there were a couple of guys out there really struggling in the last really thirty minutes, uh, yeah. fitness wise, like really bad. Um, oh yeah. So. Yeah, the, oh yeah. yeah. There was a lot of tired legs out there, um, and you could tell just the fact that we just ended up going quite a bit more defensive, and dare I say it. The DC United of this of summer 2019. Um, it just we needed to change something, um, and unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, let's talk about those positives, Sarah. Um, what were the positives from the game? All right. So for me, the positives were definitely that we had new signings in the 18 and in the 11. I thought that was great. Flores and Gressel started. Assad and Sorgo were on the bench, Assad did come in. That to me is a positive. That's saying, okay, hey, you know, they've integrated enough into the team now that we're going to put them right away in the match. So that's great. Also, I saw a lot more teamwork on the field, or at least kind of that team mentality going on. I know we all miss Wayne and we miss Lucho, but it would turn into kind of the Lucharoo show on the field. And I felt that there was a lot more equal distribution of players on the ball. So for me, that's a good thing, and that's something we can build on. We still have some communication things we need to work through. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. But you know what? I'm going to be positive <laughs> here. Um, so, okay, Kamara and Flores up top. That is, for me, a positive Gressel, I think he had a bit of a match, but the, he led last season in assist. I'm, again, optimistic and hopeful that he's going to be able to be a good feeder through to Kamara, who is that proven goal scorer. Bill Hamid, yes, okay, we let two in, but if Bill had not come up quite so big with a good performance, it would have been quite a bit worse because Colorado was certainly on the front foot there. Colorado just pressed the living daylights out of DC and dare I say I was impressed. I was impressed. 
they had a good end to 2019 and um, we can't forget even though they only finished ninth in the conference they had a really really good end um like they only lost two games out of the last eight so they were on form i mean granted it's a new season but they've had a new coach who came in and instilled that instilled that form into them so we can't be too disheartened um with it it's just annoying that it was in the 92nd minute that we conceded the the winner um and we got a, another positive though one of those new signings made an assist yes sir yes sir that's true yeah and it was it was again from a set piece um which to me, Gressel just looked absolutely on fire with his set pieces, just pinging the ball in, and he always seemed to get them into the right area as well. Um, and Knaus came up, headed it home, and it was fantastic. Um, so, to me, Gressel had a fantastic game. Um, Knaus had a really good game as well, apart from the last clearance, which ended up leading to the uh, to the second goal. Um, but apart from that, he didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, I know me and you, Ken, were saying, talking about Joseph Mora. Um, I thought he had a decent game, especially towards the end, because he was covering a lot of ground. Um, what were your thoughts on, on the game? What were your hot takes, Ken? Well, I have some positives first. Let me start out with positives yep. to, to not be be too uh, d- down. Um but I thought, I thought, I mean, along with a lot of the stuff that you, you two just mentioned, I thought, uh, like you said, Assad getting on the field was a positive. It means it's he's not super, uh, still super injured or anything. Um, so that was a positive. Uh, I did think the first half overall I thought was pretty strong. Um, I thought that there was a lot of connections that were, like, really, really close or, like, the ball almost got there. There was, like, a little timing thing maybe, um, which is kind of something that comes with, you know, playing together more. Uh, and and really understanding the other guys on your team, but I thought that was really positive. Um, I thought that yeah, I thought a lot of the players played pretty well. I thought Flores had a pretty decent game, even though uh, st- st- statistically <laughs> it doesn't necessarily look like it. But you know, he did have that um, goal that was called off, uh, and 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 so I thought that um, overall I thought he did pretty well, honestly. Uh, pl- playing in, in some of the tight spaces as well, but mm. um, yeah, I thought I thought even you know even guys like Segura did okay. I probably would have chosen him to come off before uh, Flores, but I thought he did okay. Right, I didn't think he had a bad game. Um, I, I did do, uh, think Mora had a pretty bad game, though. Honestly, I mean, to me, he looked like he wasn't match fit. Like I don't think I don't think he should have started that game. Uh, even even look at looking at it from off the ball, like he just looked too tired to even go back to where he knows he should be or, or anything like that, even in the first half. So that was pretty concerning. And if you look at the shot shot graph, uh, a lot of them are coming from that side there. So that was that was kind of concerning to me. But um, other than those things, I think you know, like you said, it's a really strong Colorado team. So. I, you know, it's not the Colorado that that we know as being like really, 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 really bad. So I don't think it's too, too big of a of a loss, even though it's super disappointing. And what we also got to remember with Mora, um, he took that knock to the head quite early on as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that might have, I don't want to say give him an excuse or anything, might have played to his position and things like that. But 
I, uh, that's on Olsen then, right? <laughs> to, to the uh, sub yeah, point, right? Like, yeah. to, to me, if, 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 you know, I've had a, a, a few drinks and I'm like, why is Mora like <laughs> way like, like sluggish and stuff? And I can notice that from the supporter section. I don't know. I feel like, you know, the, the, the coaching staff has to, has to kind of, I don't know, I, it, kind, kind of baffling, but but yeah. He was down for quite a bit, too. I was getting concerned. I'm like, are they going to bring a stretcher? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I was watching, obviously watching on TV over here, and you could see he's just holding his jaw, and I was like, oh, no, he's not broken his jaw. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> no, not, we're not playing Orlando, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't Orlando, so it, it, if it was, he would have probably broken it. Yeah. Because, you know, Orlando seems to love injuring our plays, don't they? God, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got to go move on to the next game um, coming up against um, Inter Miami. Um, but before we do, we've got the second interview. Um, I took some time out um, again earlier on today just to speak with Sam, who runs the Inter Miami UK page. So let's go and uh, listen to what he had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got Sam with me, who runs the Inter Miami UK page. Um, Sam, um, say hello. hello to our guests and give a little introduction to yourself. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Sam, and as James just said, I run the Inter Miami UK fan page. Um, we've been going since summer of last year, um, and going from strength to strength now that we're playing. Nice. Um, what got you into supporting Inter Miami in the first place? Um, I'll be honest. My answer on this one could go down two avenues. <laughs> um, the initial one was the Beckham link. Of course, yeah. I mean, um, I think most most most, U, most UK fans are kind of gone down that road, to be honest. <laughs> um, he was my idol growing up when it comes to football. Um, ever since the free kick goal against Greece, Fair. he's been my absolute idol. Yeah. So, um, would you say you're a Manchester United fan as well, then? Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> I apologise. Who do you support then in the UK? Uh, I'm, I'm an Ipswich Town supporter for my sins. Oh. Um, season ticket holder. So. Oh, nice. Not too good at the moment, I'll be honest, but there you go. Yeah. These things happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's um, so, Miami now. There you go, yeah. So as soon as he sort of came out and said that he had in his contract clause with LA Galaxy that he was going to be, you know, he had the option to have a franchise, um, I was always keen to sort of see where he'd end up. Um, and the other side of it is I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan with the NFL. So uh -huh. I also always hoped that Miami would get a, a, a soccer team as it was. Um <laughs> And then, and then when when David came out and said that he was getting his franchise in Miami, it all just kind of melded together and worked out perfectly, really. Nice, nice. And as you said, you've been gone um, since last summer. Um, how has it been? Um, how many followers have you got at the moment? And is there any plans to uh, for you to get out to a game this year? Um, as of today, I think I was about four hundred and thirty followers. So we're going steady. Um, we're gaining all the time, so can't complain at all, really. No. Um, I, I don't know how many of those fans are UK-based, but I would, I'd like to think a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. um, and as for getting out for a game this season, probably not this season, but definitely next season. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, 100%. For, for those guys who haven't been out, who are listening, who haven't been out to um, the States to go to a soccer game, it, the experience is like nothing you'll have ever seen over here in the UK. Definitely, 100%. I mean, I have been to soccer games in the US, but yeah. it's, it's a different atmosphere completely. Yeah. Which have you seen in the States, then? Uh, I have seen Orlando, oh. unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who did you um, see them play against? 
I saw them play Vancouver Whitecaps last April, and they won in the in the in the 90th minute with a nanny goal. <laughs> and wow. I'll be really honest, they played absolutely terrible both teams all game, and we were just about ready to go. And yeah, he struck, but yeah, that's how it goes with this. Well, yeah, I mean, didn't two teams who didn't really perform well last season, did they? No, you could say that. <laughs> um, so. Obviously, you've had the opening game last weekend. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you did get yep. beat to LAFC. I mean, most yep. teams got beat by LAFC last season. Correct, yeah. And to a wonder goal by Carlos Vela. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, but, can't, you can't defend against goals like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was just something else, that cheeky, cheeky it was, yeah, Definitely, yeah. Um, what did you make of the opening game? Um, I thought, personally, we played very, very well. Um, I've seen a lot of criticism online since the game about how we played and the style we played but people need to remember this was our first ever competitive match yeah um before that we only played two friendlies we played one against philadelphia but it was a very weak and philadelphia side yep. almost a reserves you could say um and tampa bay rowdies and you can't really compare that to the mls so to go to arguably the best team in the mls and compete with them for best part of the game and only lose by a goal and a goal of that class, I don't think we can really be complaining at all. No, no, not at all. Um, and what, from obviously watching that game, what were um, your team's strengths and weaknesses from that game? Um, I think the back two, very solid. Yeah. Um, defensively, I mean, the wing backs, I think you could probably improve there a little bit. Mm. Um, but again, it's a new system, it's a new team, it's a new manager. It's all got to gel. It's, it's not. It was never going to gel week one, and for them to go out there and play as well as they did, you know, with the with the, the limited training and everything they've had, you can't really complain too much. Like I say, um, but the 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 attack in midfield of Morgan, Bizarro, and Pellegrini were absolutely superb all game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of goals between those three throughout the season. Um, but the only real struggle we have at the moment is we desperately need a striker. Yeah. Desperately need a striker. I mean, we have Robbie Robinson, who we drafted first first pick in the Super Draft. Yeah. Um, and to be fair to him, he played his heart out for the whole game. But you cannot expect a man of his age, with the experience that he has, to go out and play 90 minutes every single week. You just can't do it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do it in any other league. So it just it's it's not going to work. Um, and we obviously have Carranza, who the young Argentine, but he's now gone down injured. Oh. Um, so it's just not great. And while the window's open, we need to just get another striker in, be it alone or even if it's, you know, until the summer when we can go and get a designated player. But we just desperately need that striker because we just can't rely on a man of his age and experience. Yeah, and as you rightly said, you can't do it 90 minutes every game for that entire season because, well, one, you've got all that uh, distance of travelling, which mm. um, for previous experience um obviously we've mm. had uh, wayne rooney he of course yeah, he yeah. didn't really take to it very well i mean obviously he's a man who has got abundance of experience and he's traveled mm. across europe which isn't a small place no but it really got to him as well I and mean, you've got the travel to places like vancouver and obviously la mm. it does mm. take it out of you yeah i don't think people realize just how vast america is i mean like you say we, we played in la on sunday saturday we're playing in washington it's that's that's 
just to hop on a plane for two hours. It's it's a good four or five hour flight, and it does take it out of the players. It really does. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I've travelled from um, Orlando up to DC, and that mm. is a that's a two hour flight. It's not a case. Yeah, it's exactly just yeah. hopping on down the road. You've got to go yeah, on a plane and flight for a f- yeah. few hours. It's. I, I think that's the only thing the MLS has against it. Really, is is the teams are so dotted around. It's not. There's not like a set. Obviously, the northeast has quite a lot of teams. Mm. Southwest has quite a lot of teams, but there's, apart from that, there's no real. There's not an abundance of teams in the middle of the country. So, it, I mean, you've got Nashville now. You've got uh, Atlanta, but they're even. You know, you could argue they're more to the east. So, yeah. it's, it's 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 a lot of travelling for the players, especially the young ones. Absolutely, and now, now this season, the fact that we've got more teams in the league, there's. Mm. We're not playing every single team in the Western Conference or the Western Conference teams playing everyone no, in the that's East. It, yeah. so... that's, that's the change that's coming this season, isn't it? That you're not sort of playing everyone as such. So. Yeah, so they've kind of combated it that way and the new mm. CBA agreements where they've got a few more charter flights, which I'm still surprised mm. that every single flight isn't a charter flight, but there you go. Mm. Um, that's another massive conversation to have in, on a different day. Um, it. There's going to be fatigue, and yeah, you're right, you're going to need another striker. It's the same with mm-hmm. DC. We've only had Kamara. We drafted in um, Sorga, um, who was an mm-hmm. Estonian um, international, 13 mm-hmm. minutes before kickoff in the last game. So, Good effort. Good so, effort. Yeah, so we managed to get <laughs> him in the 18. I know, <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I mean, the news came out, and he signed for our B team, and then we had an email come out um, to say that he'd signed, and he was in the 18, 30 minutes before mm-hmm. kickoff. We were like, Oh right, okay, that's Brilliant. yeah. And yeah. now we've got uh, Federico Higuain. So, good, yeah, yeah, you're filling in. Yeah, but there, there was a lot of talk that we were going to be going for uh, Daniel Sturridge, but then <laughs> literally an hour after it broke that he'd been released, uh, it was announced that he's banned for the next four months. So that one's been kind of a kibosh for now. So yeah, just whether we'll go right. for him in the summer or not, I don't know, but. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, you definitely need that striker. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to see um, how he comes back from that. Yeah, um, that's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it'll be just like he's normally injured anyway, so... Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, he's been a bit of a sick note for his act throughout his career, hasn't he? Bless him. Oh, bless him. Um, speaking of injuries, um, obviously you mentioned about one of your main injuries to one of your strikers. Mm. Any other injury news that um, us DC fans need to know about? Um, there's not really too many injury issues at the moment. Apart from the strikers, I mean, the the rest of the squad is is fairly fit to be honest. That's good. Um, from what I'm hearing, anyway. I mean, I, I don't know of any other injuries apart from the strikers. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're going to bring a fairly a strong squad to you guys on the, on Saturday. So nice. And how do you, how do you, how do you see the game going at the weekend? Obviously, we're only going to be the second game of the season, so it's difficult. To of course, predict, yeah. But... I mean, for the first couple of months, it's going to be hard to tell any team we play you know because we, we just don't know we're not used to it we, we don't know the, the strengths of each squad um, I mean we could have quite easily gone to LA on, on Sunday and won 3-0 we could have absolutely had our trousers pulled down and lost 5 no, you just don't know <laughs> exactly. um, but I would like to think we can we can come to, to DC and get something out of it, it you know a, a point would be amazing if we can come up there and win superb but like I say, until we, we, we can sort of fill the league out for the first couple of months, we, we've just got to try and get everything we can out of it and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully in a couple of months' time when we sort of, you know, the squad has gelled a bit more, um, the, the, the system has been worked out, then hopefully then, when, you know, we can go into games 
being the favourite or maybe that's a bit too much to ask for, but certainly knowing a bit more what we're going to get out of the game beforehand, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I won't put you on the spot and give you a prediction for this, <laughs> get you to do a prediction for this weekend because that's going to be tricky. Even for me, that's <laughs> going to be a tricky one. Um, but how do you see your season going? Um, will you do better than the expansion team from last year of FC Cincinnati? Uh, well, let's be honest, it wouldn't take a lot to do much better than Cincinnati. Um, no. uh, I, would, I don't know, is my honest answer. I really don't know. I would like to think we would be... If we finish just outside the playoffs, I would be happy for yeah. the first season. Um, if we can get the playoffs by, you know, if we're comfortably in the playoffs or even if we just scrape it on the last couple of games of the season, that would be, that would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and based off Sunday's game, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be all right. I don't think we're going to struggle at all. Yeah. I mean, we went, we, we, we went to LA and the best part of the game outplayed them. Um, but they were just too good on the day. So yeah. we've definitely got the, the players and, and the system to make it work. It's just whether it will work. Nice. Only time will tell on that one. Fair enough. Will you finish above Orlando? Is that going to be the kind of primary aim for the season? Yeah, I think better in Orlando is is a good place to start. Um, it's gonna, it's really going to be interesting to see just how big the rivalry is going to end up. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, we're used to rivalries here in the UK. Yeah. Um, and some of them are big, some of them aren't. I mean, my local rivalry with Ipswich Town is Norwich City um, so when we play them and because we've not played them as much in the last few years with them going up and down into the Premier League yo-yoing up there and us now being down in League One mm. the rivalry there is really fierce when we do play each other um, and obviously with the Manchester derbies a lot of the London derbies yep. it can be quite fierce so it'll be interesting to see whether the, the Miami Orlando one is like that or whether it's a bit more tame like some of the ones in, in MLS can be um, and, and have proven to be in the, in the past. So um, finishing above them, it would be a great achievement in the first season, I'm not going to lie. But yeah. it's going to be a tough ask. Um, I know Orlando didn't do very well last year. So whether they're going to come back this year, I just don't know. I mean, they, they did, still didn't look amazing at the weekend, did they? So. No. No, that's uh... <laughs> so Elliot and Taylor who are um, massive Orlando fans you'll see yep. Elliot over on the MLS UK show and Taylor over at Orlando yep. City UK um, yep. into Miami are coming for you that's yeah I would like to think so yeah. yep. well, it's a bit of a painful one with Elliot really being a, a Norwich City fan as well so. <laughs> yeah I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's like got... the ultimate anti-fan to me <laughs> he may have two reasons to rub it in your face a little bit at the end of the season oh, he, has a, he has a lot at the moment and he yeah, does so true. Fair to, he's making the most of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So thanks, Sam, for coming on. Um, appreciate okay, cool. it. Thanks for having me. Um, just for the guys who are listening, um, they, they are a friendly bunch. Um, so <laughs> if you're listening and you want to go and follow Sam over on his Inter Miami page, where can they find you? Uh, the Twitter handle is Inter Miami UK. Nice easy one. Um, yeah, please give us a follow. Um, I try and post the most up to date information as I can with Inter Miami. So um, yeah, give us a follow. Cool. Um, thanks again, Sam, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening at uh, football, isn't it? I am at football tonight, yeah, for my sins, yeah. We've got Fleetwood Town tonight, so we'll see how we get on with that one. Bit of a promotion-chasing battle, so we'll see. Yes, Joey Barton's team? 
Jerry Barton's team, indeed, yeah. And we, yeah. when we went up to Fleetwood in uh, September, it got a bit, bit heated between him, him and Paul Lambert. So it'll be in, interesting to see what happens tonight. Yeah, well, good luck for tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks Cheers. for your time. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye. Take care. So, guys, um, into Miami this weekend. Hot takes. What's going to happen? Uh, so, I, did did you all watch the uh, LAFC Miami game? Absolutely. It, it was it was a kind of interesting game. I, I, I enjoyed watching it, but um, they they kind of held in there against that LAFC team who just beat the best team in Mexico three <laughs> zero, and and they held them to only scoring one, which was a you know magnificent chip, kind of miraculous goal by by Carlos Vela. So. You know, even just looking at that, it's kind of like, uh, this doesn't feel good, right? This this kind of feels like we might be in for for a a shocker, honestly. But I don't know. What did what did you think? I definitely would agree with you. I believe my words to my husband after I watched that match were, we're in beeping trouble next week. So. Yep. <laughs> definitely. So here's the thing with Inter-Miami. They're mostly an unknown entity because they're a brand new team and haven't seen them play together. But the way they held off LAFC and the way that their defense was holding them so far from goal, they're well-studied, they're well-coached. You have a lot of experienced players, both from MLS and internationally on that team. I think they're going to definitely come up really big this season I am concerned so I hope I'm wrong I hate making predictions and guesses but my gut feeling is I'm worried well yeah I think what was also really interesting is that they they had a pretty decent amount of chances at goal but then there was also a lot of times when you know they were really frustrated because uh, like Pizarro didn't get service or something so like if they iterate on that even 10 or 20 percent (laughs) <laughs> then they even get even more chances and it's like they played pretty well overall and and they're still not you know even really looking to what they probably will be in like you know soon so yeah I'm, I'm kind of a little bit nervous to be honest and the the big thing we've got to remember um about inter miami is their striker he's um he's a super draft pick and they don't actually have a proper striker available at the moment apart from him so they're going to be relying on their attacking midfielders to really get those goals um which hopefully we can take advantage of that and really nullify that attack down so that that's my take on it is if we can nullify their attacking mids and their playmakers they're not really going to get available shots on goals so and we're pretty good defensively aren't we now our attack just has to come up really big in this match we're fantastic defensively as well. I mean, one of the the best in the league, but if we can't come up big on that attack. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. That's it, isn't it? We just need to make sure that all of our guys are actually playing on on the ball and really clicking. Um I think that's a big thing. I know they'll be working hard in training this week um to really try and reinforce that gelness together and make sure they're getting those balls right and things like that. So Fingers crossed, we'll come up good. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. So, I am going to put you guys on the spot um, for predictions, obviously for the weekend. Um, Ken, I'll allow you to go first. Um, 
so Sarah has that little bit more time to think because we know what Sarah's like with predictions. I hate him. Um, I hate him. Um, Ken, your honest prediction. Yeah, I think I thought I thought about it a decent amount. I think uh, we're in for three two Miami. Um, I think that they they kind of iterate on what they had last week, get a little bit bad, better. Um, you know, yeah, Robinson uh, as a striker is not you know a veteran and it's his, his rookie year and, and he he's um, right out of college, but his hold up play looked pretty good and that's pretty much what they will need to, to score goals is hold, hold it up, lay it off to Pizarro and let, let him have those opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, Mora as well, you know, see, see what happens with, with that. But, um, but then again, I also do see our, our attack kind of iterating as well because in that first half, it did look like we were relatively close uh, t- to playing uh, a lot better than, than we have in a while. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts. So was that a 3-2 win or a 3-2 defeat? Win for Miami. So defeat for win us. Win for Miami. Right, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Um, Sarah? So we're either going to come up real big or the bottom's going to kind of fall out of the boat, in my opinion. This is going to go one of two ways. So... Either Miami is going to completely, you know, take us to the cleaners and we're not going to get anything by on them, which is very possible given the performance against LAFC and then they have another entire week to prepare. Or we're going to take the lessons that we learned against Colorado. We're going to focus on making those connections with our attack and we're going to come out a win for sure. I think Inter will definitely score one against us, but oh, this is hard, James. I hate, you know, I hate doing <laughs> this. I hate it. Looking on the positive side, I would say 2-1 DC. Looking on the negative side, yeah, I'd have to go with Ken on that one. Oh. So, you, you would you like to hear what my prediction is? Then? Always. Uh, yes. So, you guys know I am pretty much Mr. Optimistic with everything. I always look on the uh, the bright side of life. Um, I, I'm going to go with a 2-1 uh, win, mainly because I feel like this is the time when we'll actually finally score from open play um, for once. Um, and after speaking with Sam earlier on today, their weakness is their wings, um, their wing backs, and we've got some good wingers. To say, I mean, obviously, we've got Gressel, we've got Flores, we've got Assad, Segura, we've got good guys on the wing. Um, so I see us taking advantage of that, and we've got Kamara, who's good in the air, good with his feet. I think we'll we'll bag a couple of goals. Um, it, I would love for us to um, keep a clean sheet, but I just, I just can't see that happening because they are got great attackers, um, and but as we said, their striker is just a super draft pick but when you've got things like so bizarre and all those types of players yeah they're, they're going to score a goal um yeah i see us winning 2-1 shall we move on to some questions oh yes um yeah because we've got a few questions we've had a few coming as of the day of recording as uh, so whenever you listen to it this was recorded on the march the third um so thank you to those who sent some questions in um so first one, um, H.E. Pennypacker, um, and you can find find them on uh, Twitter at E underscore Millionaros. Um, 
he just goes on to say, um, is Flores a direct replacement for Rooney? Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't think that he's shown on his debut. Uh, he's worried where the goals are going to come from, especially when players inevitably end up with injuries. Um, Flora is a direct replacement for Rooney, not positionally, um, but possibly from a commercial sense, because obviously the Peruvian community side of things, I think that from that side it'll be a massive player for us. Um, but he's more of a more of a playmaker rather than an actual striker um so and i i don't agree with um hardly sean on his debut you gotta remember he wasn't fully fit and he's playing in a brand new league with brand new teammates um he showed some great glimpses of his um footwork um i remember you put a player on the ground i mean what more could you expect from a player from that type of player right um um I, I think he did well. Um, I would love to have seen him play more, um, but you know, fitness is fitness is. Um, so yeah, so that those are my takes on that question. Um, Ken and Sarah, any anything from you guys? I would have to agree with you. You know, definitely. Again, not a direct replacement for Rooney, but I would also, as to the point of hardly shining in the debut, I think. I would agree with your positive points there, James. I think he really did do well. And this goes for the entire team. I would rather we start out a little bit slower and build some really solid connections and solid work on the field rather than, you know, everything all at once. And then we kind of fizzle out halfway through the season. The season is quite long. And I think there's still time. He's just come in. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, definitely not a direct Rooney replacement. Um, and, and so I, I don't think we should expect him to do some, like the same stuff directly on the field in, in the same positions or anything like that. But um, yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well, actually, during during his his debut, considering uh, everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I was was pretty impressed. And remember, he did have that that goal that was called back. Um, there's again, that was like a, a timing thing, I think. If he had pulled up that that run just uh, you know half a second or whatever he would have would have been fine but you know those are the kinds of things they need to iterate on but uh, in terms of where the goal is going to come from that's gonna have to be uh, Flores and, and Kamara right uh, it feels like anyway because um, you have guys like uh, Gressel um, really giving that service uh, into the box um, and and kind of almost uh, Felipe too you saw him push up higher than I think we have uh, seen him last year, which I really, really liked, and kind of floating the ball in there uh, to those guys. But, yeah, th- th- I guess that's my answer to, I guess, where I expect the goals to, to come from. Yeah, um, totally agree. I think with the goals side of things, I think everyone needs to be chipping in. Um, it just doesn't need to be Kamara who's going to be getting all the goals. Um, I expect Flores to get a few goals. I expect Asar to get a few goals. And I expect um, Gressel and Segura to get a few as well. I don't think we're going to have um, a particular player who's going to get us 20-25 goals this season um, I expect it to be evenly shared out um, I think I think we've not had a player who's gone more than 12 goals in a number of years in a particular season and I think we will break that but I don't expect us to get a 25 goal a season kind of player um, next question it was from Jim, um, who runs the account at United Night Out. Absolute awesome guy. He was on the show last year. Um, 
He asks, how do you propose someone handle it when they support the team but dislike an individual member of the team? Um, I think this might be aimed at the fans who didn't like Felipe when he first came in. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who else he could he'd be talking about. But Yeah, I mean, like, for me, um, you get over it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, I mean, in in the term of Felipe, um, he, when I spoke to him last year when he was on the show, um, he knew what he'd done um, and he knew that he had to win the fans over. And just because he'd done that one time and he played for the Red Bulls, I mean, you look at Jaime Moreno, he had a season at Metro Stars, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Did we Did we hate him? I don't think so. I think we all loved him and we still do. I can't um, even believe you brought that up. I can't, <laughs> I can't even believe you did that. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of James is to. trying to hurt everyone's um, feelings today. It's fine. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but I had to bring that up because it's it really emphasizes the point. Um, we get over it. Um, at the end of the day, it's a career. Um, career choice. Sometimes you make mistakes. Like Jaime Moreno did. He came straight back. Um but you just get you just get over it. You support the you support the players that are on the pitch. You don't support what or get negative about what they've done in the past. They're there now, and that's what you need to get behind is what they're doing at this moment in time. Do you agree? I would, uh... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> sorry, Ken. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was going to say, James. No, I do a hundred percent agree with you on that, and. It is true. You have to look at, okay, what are they doing in the moment? Are they being a good member of the team? Are they supporting other members of the team? And it's just like anything else in life. You don't have to like everyone to kind of support and work toward the goal. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. There are going to be some some people you don't like in life, but you, you get professional and you just get through it. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I guess for me, it's, it's less about like, oh, you have to, I mean, not, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but yeah, you don't have to like love them or, or, or really even care for them any more than you ever did before. But yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely felt th- that uh, on different teams that I, I've liked in different sports of like, I don't like this player, but he's on my team uh whatever so it's kind of one of those things that happens um and and uh yeah yeah and i can come up with a couple of more examples like uh paul gascoigne um geordie but he played for the borough i didn't care i loved him when he was at the borough he was fantastic and it'll be like um i don't know whether you're going to agree with this one ken but patrick bamford <laughs> oh my god yeah. You're hurt. You're Can't hurting this. Ken today. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a bad example. Um, that is a good but, example because I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't like Bamford really either. So, <laughs> not, not really. But you'd, st- you'd still support the team now, don't you? I want him to succeed because he's playing for Leeds, and I like Leeds. But yeah, uh, I'd be fine if he just sat on the bench too. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with that as well. <laughs> Right, before I hurt any more feelings, we're going to move on to the next question. Um, 
so next one came through which um i was pleasantly surprised by um it's from our former uh, striker quincy america um and if you're not following him you need to he's at quincy america um have you read this week in mls recent article and what are your thoughts um now i'm gonna admit i didn't read it until he mentioned it and i've read it now um and if you listening and you've not read it it's uh, 11 reasons why Atlanta United need to sign Quincy Ameriqua um it should be 11 reasons why DC United need to sign Truth. Quincy Ameriqua right now but um obviously Atlanta they've just lost Joseph Martinez to an ACL it was a torn ACL wasn't it um so he's probably going to be out for the season then um similar to Paul Ariola um so Shall we go through the reasons? Let's. Oh, yeah, let's. Yeah. So, yeah. Ken, you happy to go through the reasons? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, number one is the transfer market internationally is closed, and it will take time to find a true one-for-one replacement for Joseph Martinez. That's a fair point. Um, I mean, they need someone as a striker because they've only got one striker left now, I think. Let's check on their roster. Yeah, they have uh, Adam John or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so they've only got one striker, so they do need backup at the very least, and we know Quincy's very good at whatever he gets asked to do. Um, number two, Allen has very minimal, very minimal space left on their salary cap. I'm not surprised at the amount of play, great players they've got. Um, Quincy, would would he demand a lot? No. I think he just wants to get back playing, doesn't he? I think so, and he was at DC United at minimum, which is a bit crazy to me, but he he was there at minimum, so. Um, number three is they need a proven MLS depth veteran who can integrate into the system quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's the perfect depth forward who fits every need for Atlanta and more. Again, yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, Quincy did this perfectly for DC United, filling a much-needed role back in at Wayne Rooney. Um, yeah, I, I touched on that earlier on. Did the same for Montreal Impact the year before, um, for Ignacio Patti and San Jose Earthquakes' Chris Wondolowski. Yeah, he's a great backup player, great impact player. Um, Wayne Rooney even posted his support of the Mental Strength League, so you know it works. I mean, MSL. MSL, we're all pointing at our... At our heads yeah. right now. We are indeed. I mean, we can't see each other, but we are. DD. Um, when called upon, Quincy shut down Zlatan in the most important game of the season for DC United to help them secure a 2-1 victory, pushing them on their run into the playoffs. I mean, that was... Most a, entertaining game of the season. Absolutely. And I had the joy of interviewing him after the, the day after that game, and that was just unbelievable. Um, he was the first player to actually take time out to come onto the show so I have all the time in the world for Quincy um, he scored a goal in every single appearance against international competition in 2019 um, so that was on about the um, the friendlies that we had um, last season um, when starting for DC United uh, Quincy side had zero losses in 2019 um, Quincy is and has always been a fan favourite everywhere he goes yeah I, yeah I mean I, I don't see anybody who has a negative thing to say about Quincy Ameriqua. He's the one he always takes time 
for everyone, the supporters, his teammates. He's one of the few players, like, even if there would be a loss, he would still make sure he would, you know, always go over to the supporters and take pictures and give up a jersey, those kind of things. Even, like, the worst <laughs> match where everybody's gutted. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that we've not signed him um, for 2020. Um, I know, Ken, you're, you're a bit gutted as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a yes. Um, have I hurt your feelings enough already? No, not enough. You're going to have to <laughs> buy a can of beer. Not enough. Oh, wow. No. You can keep going. It's okay. I can take it. <laughs> wow. I have an uh, MSL on my side, so. Fair. I, I like that. That's a good take. Um, so, yeah, so those are the 11, 11 reasons why Atlanta needs to sign Quincy Merico right now. It would be great to see him... Um, Back in back in MLS and playing for a club, um, he's definitely worth it and he definitely deserves it. Um, final question um, that we had sent in was from Brian Lake, um, and on Twitter he's at Brian Lake Twelve. Um, he asks, so we've signed two midfield players, um, and with Ariola out and players leaving for international duty and possible injuries. Um, he doesn't have an issue with the signings, but we're not addressing the depth issues at the back line and striker positions. Uh, and he also says, Fan Moss United. Um, I still want to see us get another another defender in. Um, I think we need it. And we've got to remember, we've got um, Fisher to come back to full fitness. Um, we've got Pines to come back from injury. So, uh, And we've still got Chris Adui at them as well. So we've got players there. Um do we need do we need another defender? Wouldn't hurt. The way we are kind of going, I mean, injuries happen, exhaustion happens, the season is long. I would not say no. We have the best defense in the league in my opinion and you know, Stephen Fred are fantastic, but I would like to see a just in case. Um, would you, Sarah, have another centre-back or would you go for a full-back? Mm, that's a good question. That's one I want to think on a little bit. Okay. Fair. Ken? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we do need another centre-back for sure. I mean, um, I-, I-, I was a little iffy with, with some of some of the, the play by, by Brilliant, I guess, uh, last game. It wasn't a hu- huge deal, but I think... I can definitely see Pines maybe overtaking him this year, uh, even if it's because Pines is so much younger and potentially the future of, of that back line. Um, you could see that happening. But, yeah, it would be nice to have, you know, an extra an extra center back because, I mean, even last year, some injuries and, and some form issues put us in a place where we had to use uh, a three-back system. And so if we're gonna if we're going to ever have to do that, which – we might have to do it seems relatively likely that um you know it's something that's on the table right uh just in case but that means we'll have no no backup at all right so it's it's kind of concerning and and we do know pines is hurt right now but he also had an injury last year mm-hmm. uh so i'm not sure how durable it, it, you know he, he's he's young too so it could be some you know some of that kind of stuff not not being fully uh used to being a full professional right and 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 taking care of your body in that way but 
Um, you know, on the other end, you have uh, Brilliant, who's getting up there, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. And, and there's some trialists, I guess, quote-unquote. I don't know if they're still around or anything, but I do definitely think we need a defender. Um, if not signing one right now to, to bridge the gap, but, but maybe signing someone a, a little bit uh, more, more permanent in, in the summer. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I would take another centre-back and another full-back. Um, just as you rightly pointed out there, Ken, we've only got um, three centre-backs right now, and if we have to go to that three-back line, we've got no cover, so we need cover on that side of things. But I would like to see us get a nat- another natural left-back. Um, I know we had Pedroso uh, in last season, um, and we've not really replaced him. Um, we had Jalen Robinson. Um, we've not replaced him. There's two defenders that we've not filled in for yet. Um, granted, Knaus has moved to a right-back position, which he's doing well at. Um, but we obviously all want to see him back in the centre-mid role because that's where he's natural at. Um, and we just need need to replace those two players that we've lost. Um, that's my take on it. Well, I mean, the the only thing is we do have uh, O'Neill Fisher back, so I I would kind of consider True. him the the quote unquote replacement. Uh, technically, not really, but technically for Pedroso, um, or or fills a spot that you can then shift someone else over to that left side if needed. Um, but honestly, I I don't see Canals playing much in the midfield at all this season. I I think he's going to lock down that right back role and and kind of take it for a lot longer than I think people will either want or or feel like is going to happen, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he has been playing well. Um, he had a really good end to the season last year. Um, and uh, like I said, he had a, an overall a decent game at the weekend. So, and as I was speaking to Amalia, um, he's learning his trade there and he's improving week by week. So, I think you're right on that, Ken. I think he will lock down that right-back position um, and then potentially be there for a, quite a long time. Um, anything else you guys want to have an answer for these last four questions that we've had? Um, nothing specifically, I guess, just to add on to the Canals point. The only thing about, uh, like I said, I do think he'll, he'll stay in that position, but he's definitely a different kind of right-back than you'd see in... Um, you know, uh, Fisher uh, playing there, um, or even when Ariola was playing there as a as a backup. You know, um, so he's not going to be the kind of guy who's getting up and and being like flying down the wing as much, right? Um, you see some of that, but not not like it, not like those other guys are doing, right? So it is a little different. So you'll see, maybe you'll see that shift around, and I could even see him potentially playing on uh, on that left side. Uh, <laughs> as a makeshift at some point in the season you never know you never know um sarah anything else you want to add i was gonna say just to kind of go off of brian's message there you know ariel is really going to be missed this season while he's out his flexibility and tenacity are certainly two things that we missed a lot on saturday and i can see us missing going forward He's one of those players I think he's going to be a bit hard to replace. I don't know what you two think about that, but... No, absolutely. He's uh, he's a one-of-a-kind kind of player. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's going to be. It's difficult to replace him, but I think when we got Gressel, um, he wasn't meant to be, but I think he's going to be the guy who replaces um, Ariola this season. Yeah, I already miss uh, Ariola, but it was nice to see that he was at the game on uh, Saturday, though. And that tweet was great. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Knauss, he will sell your house. <laughs> uh, I think I think the fans need Love to it. properly chant that one. Oh my gosh, that would be brilliant. Can we w- please make that a thing? Uh, I I would love it. Guys, When you're li- if you're listening, um, and if you listen before the next game, just please start chanting, Russell Knauss, he will sell you your house. He will sell you your house. Russell Knauss, he will sell you your house. <laughs> please. I mean, I will be watching. And I if you do it, I don't know what I'll do, but I will probably end up crying with happiness. And that never happens. Apart from my wedding day, that did happen. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen again on. soon. All right. <laughs> I'd imagine so. I'd imagine so. Yeah, on the baby front, there's still no sign. Um, who knows when he'll arrive? Um, we just don't know yet. Um, anyway, guess the phrase. You ready? All right. I need oh, you to God. use it in a sentence, though. Yeah, you need to give us a little I more here. I need some here. context here. So, I mean, when I say this, this is probably going to really give it away now because there's only really one way you can say it. Um, so the, the context is, when are we going to eat? I'm Hank Marvin. You're hungry? You're hungry? Hungry, but the Cockney rhyming slang for starving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would have I would have never. Trillions of no? years. Into infinity, never got that. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a bit of Cockney rhyming slang for you. Hank Marvin means starving. <laughs> and I said that incredibly northern. Um, can you can you say I it? I, not northern. Like, can you say it the way I guessed? It sh- um. Do what, it. In, a, in a proper Cockney yes. way. <laughs> yes. I need this. I need Crack this. Crack on. Hell Crack no. on, James. Do it. Do it. Do it. I need it. Hell no. Um. No, Come I can't on. really do accents. I can only do, I can only do northern. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Um, so thank you for both for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, can I do Cockney? Oh, my wife will absolutely cry with laughter if I try and do it. No, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Oh do my it. gosh! I'm sorry. You've put me on the spot with to do You'd that. You can feel it. better though. I know. I, I, I really. I'm, I'm actually drawing a blank on how to do a Cockney rhyming. Oh, convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, we're going to end the show though now. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your days to come on the show. Um, I know you're both very, very busy. Um, so this is the moment where you can plug everything you're doing. So, Ken, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you and what you're doing right now? Yeah, totally. Uh, Everyone, you can find me at DCU underscore soccer on Twitter. Uh, There you can find links to like my website, the podcast that I've been I've been doing. And and uh, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of the hub of of all my other stuff. And Instagram is the same name. But yeah, um, thank you so much for having me on again. 
you're more than welcome um sarah where can people find you and what you're doing oh thanks again for having me on the show i'm excited to be the the most frequent guest i'm sorry to all your (laughs) listeners so (laughs) you can find me over on twitter or instagram at sarah Colassi, and you can find my outlet that i own alongside the wonderful ladies of switch the pitch at switch the pitch one and that's on twitter instagram or www.switchthepitchsoccer.com we have our podcast actually dropping very shortly so that's something to get a bit excited about and if anyone is feeling generous and would like to fund opportunities for women in sports journalism we are also opening up a patreon which will be on our website and on all our social accounts so please, also coffee and wine, whiskey, beer sponsorships <laughs> are acceptable too. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say to that? Um, obviously, it's a goodbye from me as well, um, just for today's episode. Um, if you're not already following, you can follow at DC United Kingdom over on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is at dc united kingdom fc um if you want to buy some merch um like you would for sarah's switch the pitch um just go onto the website dcunitedkingdom.com um and just click on the merchandise page and that'll take you to the teespring store which you can find to play things like hoodies which i'm currently wearing uh, which is very very nice and very comfy um there's mugs on there and there's stickers on there there's t-shirts on there um please go ahead and um make a purchase um and if there's anything else that you need let me know just drop me a dm um over on twitter or drop me a message on facebook i'm more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have um and until next time well much united